Hi, I'm Jared Burns, and you're listening to Stump the Preacher, a podcast where we explore how Christianity and the Bible intersect with our deepest questions and our daily lives. In each episode, I address a submitted question to help you find Bible-based, Christ-centered answers to what's on your mind. I don't claim to have all the answers, but I love helping you search for them. So join me today as we research another question. Today we're going to look at the question, why did God create us? Now that's an excellent question. It's one that was submitted by one of my church members, and it's a question that has kept theologians busy for centuries. So I doubt that I'm going to be able to fully explain it today in a 10 to 15 minute podcast. But I want to offer a simple answer that someone could use at least as a starting point as they search the Bible in greater depth to try to understand this question and the answer better for themselves. Um, And to start with, I like the answer that was given in the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Now, I mentioned this when we did this question at Trinity. We're a Baptist church. Most of us come from Baptist backgrounds. So a catechism is a foreign idea. But as I explained to them, a catechism is just a teaching tool, usually structured as a series of questions and answers, and it's designed to be memorized. And a a catechism can be a good tool or it can be a bad one, depending on how faithful it is to the Bible. Uh, This one, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, comes from more of a Calvinistic background, so my church and I may not necessarily agree with everything in it, but generally speaking, it's a biblically sound expression of beliefs. And I love the very first question and, and answer. It's the one I'm most familiar with, and that's why my mind went there. Question one asks, what is the chief end of man? And that means, what is our purpose? Why are we here? And then it gives the answer, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And that means that more than anything, our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy a relationship with Him. And I think that's a pretty accurate summary of what the Bible teaches. But I, I want to dig into some scriptures for a closer look. Colossians 1, for example, describes Jesus as God the Son and says in verse 16, For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And those last two words are very important, created for him. Notice that it says he created everything, and that includes us, It also says that everything, including us, exists for him. Now, that's an important point because it's quite a difference from the way most people live or think about life. You know, hundreds of years ago, Copernicus discovered that the sun is at the center of our solar system, but a lot of us uh, still think that we're the center, that I think I'm the center, you think you're the center. Um, A lot of us are that way. Even if we don't actually think that, we live that way, because we often live our lives like the thing that matters most is our agenda, our happiness, what I need to do, what I want to do, what I'm doing today. Uh, But the Bible says we exist for Him. So we know from Colossians 1 that we were created for His purposes, but the Bible also gives us some insight into what those purposes are. 
And we know right off the bat that God didn't create us because he needed us. It wasn't a matter of need. In Acts 17, Paul described how the God of the Bible differs from the powerless imaginary gods that the pagan Greeks were worshiping. He said that those gods were dependent on their worshipers, but God's worshipers depend on him for their very existence. And so we know, and he says explicitly that God didn't create us because he needed anything from us. So we weren't created because of what God needs, but we were created because of what God deserves. And we see this in Revelation chapter 4. There's a huge worship service taking place in heaven where God is seated on the throne and the elders are bowing before him and they're casting their crowns at his feet. And we get to verse 11 of that chapter and they begin to sing, Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things and by your will they exist and were created. And in in that verse, we see this connection between God's creation and the glory that he deserves. He created all things because his creation brings him glory. Now, because of who he is, he deserves an infinite amount of glory. And so he created things that would bring him the glory that he deserves. He created things because he's glorified by their existence. Now, that's not just people. That's everything. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. You know, you look out at the vastness of the universe, and, and you see the complexity and the design that flows through everything, and they all point to the glory of God. And Jesus even said that if people failed to glorify God, then the stones would cry out. God created all things for his glory and his pleasure, and the crowning work, the, the pinnacle of that creation to, was to make beings that could fathom his glory and worship him. You know, I, I don't think dogs and cattle and earthworms and all the other things that we find out in the world, I don't think they spend much time pondering the vastness of the universe or pondering uh, a, high, a, a power higher than themselves. And certainly, I don't think they spend a lot of time pondering the glory of God, but we are capable of all those things. And God deserved creations who could know him, who could love him, and and could meaningfully worship him for who he is. And that's where we come in. And so that's why God created us with a, a higher intellect than anything else in creation. He, he created us with a spiritual dimension that other creatures lack. He did that so that we could fathom his worthiness in a way that the other creatures just can't do. And he did all that so that we could have a relationship with him and so that we could praise him for who he is and for what he's done. Now, we shouldn't just think that that's a one-sided relationship, though. God created us and wired us in a certain way so that we would find joy in that relationship, too. That it would be something pleasing to us in addition to being pleasing, pleasing to God. You know, when we look back at the earliest chapters of Genesis, we see that God called Adam to work alongside him, not as equals, of course, uh, but God was the creator of everything, and he enlisted Adam as the caretaker of everything, of all the things that God had made. And it was, as, as you read the, through those earliest chapters, it was this idyllic existence in a, in a garden paradise, enjoying perfect fellowship with God. And Genesis 3 even describes how God walked in the garden. He was in the habit of spending time 
with Adam and Eve, and it was supposed to be perfect. Everything was supposed to be perfect for us and for God, for our enjoyment and for His glory until mankind's disobedience in Genesis chapter 3 messed everything up. And all the way through the Bible, we see God working to restore this fellowship with man, all the way through to the end of Revelation, where he brings it fully back to where it was supposed to be. His plan is to bring us back into this relationship with him that we were created to have, that brings us joy and brings him glory. So I think that glorifying God and enjoying his presence as it says in the Westminster Catechism, is a good summary of what the Bible teaches about our whole reason for existence. But as I was studying this question, I came across one more point in Scripture that I think is important for us to note because it indicates to us his motivation, God's motivation for creating us for that purpose. And we know the purpose is so that we would glorify God and enjoy him, but the Bible also tells us his motivation and why he did that. 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. Okay? That's, that's his nature. That's at the very core of who he is. God loves because he's loving, because it's his nature, and he loves perfectly. And throughout 1 John chapter 4, the Bible makes the case that God is loving by nature and that he has shown his love toward us, that he demonstrates it. And it occurred to me while I was reading this passage for probably the 500th time that if God is loving by nature, then of course he would desire to have someone to show that love to. And when I brought that point up to my Wednesday night class at Trinity, they acted like it wasn't all that revolutionary an idea, uh, that it made total sense. And, And some of them made an excellent point. They said it's similar to our motivation in having kids. People typically decide to bring children into the world because they have love to give and they want someone to give it to. They, they want children because they want someone to love and someone to take care of and someone to just to delight in. And God created you to glorify him and to enjoy him, and he did that because he's loving. He did that because he loved you. He loved you before you even existed. And the next two verses there in 1 John chapter 4 say how much he loves you. It says in the next two verses, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And we see there in those two verses that what Jesus did is the ultimate proof that God loves us. And maybe you've wondered about this question as well. Maybe you've wondered why God created you. And, and maybe that's because you feel distant from God. Maybe it's because you can't seem to find any purpose, any meaning in life. Maybe it's because you feel like God could never love you. And if that's you, if you're someone who's been wondering about this question, then you need to know today that God created you to glorify him and to enjoy him because he loves you. And he always has. Genesis chapter 1 says that you were made in his image. Psalm chapter 139 says you were fearfully and wonderfully made. It teaches that God knew you before you were born and he already loved you. Romans chapter 5 says that God demonstrated his love for you through the death of his son. And Ephesians chapter 2 says that if you're a Christian, that you're his workmanship in Christ and he's created you for a purpose and he's working out that purpose 
even when you can't see it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Stump the Preacher. If you have a question you'd like us to consider for a future episode, just visit us online at stumpthepreacherpodcast.com and use our contact form to submit it. You can also find more Bible teaching from me on my website, jaredburns.com, or on my other podcast, Rejoicing in Truth, a daily program available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other podcatchers. 